0: No! Your ass better
1: call somebody!
0: Hey, hey, what do you say? It's time! It's time! Ball Junk episode 17. It's Winger's favorite episode. It's the Gas Man. It's Frankie Knuckles. How's it going, buddy?
2: It is going great, Greg. I'm excited. My one of my favorite movies of all time, Major League. That's right, and it's two sequels. We'll That's be right. talking about uh, seventeen. Rick James also a fan of the number seventeen. <laughs> Lots of songs about seventeen-year-old. 17? Uh, maybe it's
0: kind of weird. Maybe sixteen is bad, but seventeen is okay. It's a magic number. Alice Cooper likes eighteen. Yeah, but uh, man, so like this is the the Major League premium
2: yeah. that we're doing it's uh, a beloved movie yes known franchise yes and uh spawned a, a few sequels i've probably seen major league one more than any movie in history wow it's close i would say between that uh labyrinth and maybe ninja turtles those would be what about nothing but trouble i haven't seen it that many times, but it's your favorite movie well it's not my favorite. oh, I, oh okay. but actually, Parenthood would be in the top four as well, oh my God, but these are movies that I watched when I was nine or ten, right, and just did not stop so sure it's uh it's It's hard to watch and be judgmental
0: right I get it, you know it's the same thing with uh, you know I would say the movies that I've seen the most. Are like the Star Wars original trilogy and Ghostbusters and Three Amigos. So you know it's. Uh, I, I still sing the praises of Three Amigos, and a lot of people don't quite understand why.
2: Three Three Amigos has grown on me more and more. Spaceballs is watch up there me. too. Oh, that that is up there for me too. Actually, that well, might be number five. Wow,
0: that's something we have in
2: common. Yeah, that one's. <laughs> I think bit, by my estimates. I've always on letter marked what rewatch of Major League this is. This would have been my uh I think 253rd rewatch. It's wow. a complete guess though.
0: Sure. I mean so I stole the idea from the premiums we used to do on Film Junk yeah. and what you guys still do. And yeah. I assume that Major League would not be one of the franchises you guys would choose to
2: If anything you've saved Jay and Sean from talking about Major League when it- all other franchises have been...
0: Oh, well, yeah, that's true. So maybe they owe me a beer. Maybe. So we, we've we've got the place decked out
2: in uh, Major League. We've got a, a Rick Vaughn bobblehead. That's right. That's his head going back and forth, which I traveled to uh, Cleveland to get on Major League night at Progressive Field. Were they out of Serrano bobbleheads? No, I did almost... I, I think we talked about this on the show before. A minor league team had a... A Joe Boo bobblehead night. Unfortunately, I didn't make it for that one.
0: I don't know who that is. Joe Boo. Yeah.
2: Oh, Joe Boo. Like <laughs> Joe. Joe Boo. Oh, okay. I was
0: thinking it was a first name and a last name. No, like Joe, Boo. No, Joe Boo. Got it. So you have to say it with the accent, and then I would have got it right away. So it's been a while since we did our last podcast. It has. A been lot wild. of things have happened. Really?
2: Yes. I feel like sports has been so boring. Really, not a lot has happened.
0: Well, just sad things has happened.
2: Really? Yeah. Oh, the Hulk. No, no two, not the Hulkster. Two,
0: no, I don't care about that. But two of my heroes thinking, growing up have now passed away. No, since but we I did keep thinking the
2: Hulkster died whenever, no, he, and he hasn't.
0: It's just racist. But uh, yeah, it's very sad. The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, passed you, away. And then is uh,
2: Sapphire still kicking?
0: Oh, no, I think she's long dead. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Shortly after that, I think. That's probably hmm. why she stopped being on television.
2: Well, that's too bad.
0: No, I can What was the reason? I think she got like a really big ego. Really? Yeah, and she got to be more difficult to work with. But, but. is she still alive? Do you know? I don't think no, so. Okay. No.
2: I'm going to look that up while you talk about okay. your, next, your next hero. And, uh,
0: well, uh, the Hot Rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Passing away at the age of 61. Now, that was a big one for you, I think. Was that probably your favorite? Uh, he was one of my favorites. You know, like, um, you know, like him and Mr. Perfect and like uh, Bret Hart were like my favorites. And then like the Bulldogs. And so, Brett's still alive. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the Bulldogs is in a wheelchair, but everyone else has uh, passed on. It's unfortunate.
1: i uh, very
2: sad. I hate to pile on here, but confirming Sapphire... A.K.A. Juanita Wright has passed away. Not really time. piling on. 1996. I didn't have any, any ring name, connection to her. Ring whatsoever. names: Sapphire, Princess Dark Cloud, and Brown Sauce.
0: Well, those are kind of racist names, <laughs> yeah, aren't those they? Those are her names. Sapphire, not racist, because that's blue. Yeah, but the other ones kind of racist. I, I'm just reading Wikipedia. I'm sure. I'm that that that's your story. You can stick to it. <laughs> So I have a Rowdy Roddy Piper story.
2: Yes, and you uh wrote up a, a eulogy I did. on film junk, which was yes. very nice.
0: So uh I had a couple of requests to expand on my story with uh, the hot Okay, rod. let's give it to me. So um I'm not sure if they still do this, but uh the wrestling pay per views used to be shown in the movie theaters. Like uh I'm sure you were aware of that. They used to do that yeah. at the Penn Center. I know what you used Center. to host at the right. Penn. So um I'd started doing that when I was still working at uh, HMV. And then uh, after I left there, um they asked me to continue to do it because they were getting decent crowds out for it and people would come early and buy snacks early and then have to buy more snacks during the show because they would come to get the whatever prizes were being given away and like the more people that were coming the more tickets they were selling the better prizes they were getting from wwe to give away like one time they actually gave away a replica heavyweight championship belt like metal it was really heavy it was awesome and uh so i guess combining um you know the amount of people in the area that were going and maybe it had to do with me uh doing the the hosting gigs and people were coming early the more tickets they were selling um one thing that the wwe was doing was that uh rewarding the loyal fans which they are known to do so uh the penn center cinema uh, was amongst i think three other cinemas in canada that got a visit from a a wwe superstar or legend and uh we got roddy piper and uh his thing, he would come down before the, uh, the pay-per-view and he would do like an hour and a half of his spoken word stuff and just tell stories. Really that much an hour and a half. It was a long, long, long time. So they had this whole big thing that, that WWE wanted to do to, uh, um, uh, bring Piper out. They just want to say, you know, here's, here's Piper. They had a huge video screen put up in the cinema, which played a whole bunch of Piper's highlights. And, uh, there was music that was played with the video and then uh, Piper would come in with an actual piping band playing the bagpipes entering into the cinemas. So, uh, um, the theater said, well, we have a, uh, an MC guy that does these sort of things that, uh, so you guys don't need to have on your own. And so, uh, I had to go down early and I had a, a meeting with, uh, the president of w- WWE Canada named Carl DeMarco and uh, he was asking me questions about um, what kind of hosting things I'd done before and what I was doing at these events, and and so they wanted to do a dry run to see what I could do. So basically, they brought me into the empty theater, and uh, and he said, "Well, warm up the crowd," and I said, well, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, just do what you would do." So I just improvised and just. Uh, introduced this, you know, the crowd, and you know, pretended to get this crowd cheering, but which was really awkward. Yeah, and uh, and it was just him sitting in the middle of the theater, and like the uh, the the general manager of the theater was off to the side, and then they would play the video, and then I have to time my introduction to a certain point in the video. Um, and the video was, I, I think it was a clip of Piper and Flair winning the tag team championships and then uh and at that point then the the piping music would start and he and uh, the other bagpipe players would come out and uh so that's what we had to do and so we went through the dry run and it seemed to go well and so when it came time to showtime um mr demarco took me aside and said would you mind wearing a hot rod t-shirt and i was like sure and at the time i weighed like 320 so I was a big dude, and uh, he gave me a medium shirt, <laughs> and uh, and I said this is not going to fit, and he's like, "You'll make it fit." Wow! And so like uh, I had to I, I cut uh, a little bit on the the sleeves and in the underarm part, and uh, just to give my shoulders a little more room to get in this thing. So this was a tight, tight squeeze i look ridiculous and i think that was the point to make me look like a moron so but whatever and uh so the thing started and they're playing the the video and and uh and i went out and hyped up the crowd and then i got time to inter- to introduce them and You know, and it was like you know the the legend, the icon, the hot rod, Roddy Roddy Piper, and I I nailed it like to the second of where I was supposed to nail it, and Piper came out with the other bagpipe players, and the place just erupted and went bananas. And then uh, you know Piper gave the bagpipes to one of the other guys while they were cheering, and he walked up to me. He walked up to me, and he stuck his hand out to shake my hand, and uh, when I put my hand out, he slapped my hand out of the way and spun me around and kicked me in the ass and <laughs> tossed me off the stage. And then, uh, then, then it, it just uh stick. And then, uh, afterwards, um, um, I went up to, to DeMarco and I said, Hey, you know, thanks. Let me do it. That was a lot of fun. You know, Piper was, uh, um, you know, I've always been a big fan of his. And then I got to go into the back and Piper assigned like an eight by 10. Nice. Not personalized. It no, just, no, just hot rod hot rod yeah and uh, i think i still have the hot rod shirt i might be able to fit into it now actually now that i've lost all the weight so break it out i should see if i can uh, <laughs> find it maybe i'll wear it to disney world when i'm there
2: it'll be interesting with all the cut things in the uh, side It'll be I'll,
0: it. I'll, I'll, maybe i can uh <laughs> cut the neck and do the hulkster yeah the racist tearing of the shirt <laughs> there you go yes so another thing i wanted to talk about before we get into this is ballers
2: oh uh, yes you had Mention it to me in email or maybe text. Now,
0: so I think we're about seven or eight episodes into the season. I'm one episode in. One episode in. (laughs) So it's it's the most watched uh, half-hour HBO uh, show ever. Interesting. Um, It's had more total viewers than Entourage. It's a huge, huge hit. And you didn't like the first episode and you (laughs) gave up. I did not. The I show was
2: awesome. I well, the episode I watched was certainly not awesome. Right? It wasn't horrendous. The rock think, is a
0: superstar, by the way. I mean, he's he's outstanding.
2: I, I would say from what I saw, I think at Twitter. The highlight for me was the appearance of the greater sage grouse in a calendar in one of the offices. I, that, I did like that. Other than that, I would say it was just entourage, like, it's entourage with football players and. I think Entourage worked ten years ago. I don't know if it still works based on what I've seen. I caught up on it before watching the movie, and by the end, I was really sick of Entourage. That that might have. I've never watched Entourage. It, okay, well that that could be why too. So I just watched so much Entourage and the Entourage movie that to watch a reskinned version of Entourage wasn't.
0: Um, you didn't even appreciate the uh, the cameo from uh, the well, Miami Herald's Dan Lebatard.
2: Or what about Shula? Like, yeah. if anything, it was cameo. This show was designed for you. Right. <laughs> I, For a second, I thought, wait a second. Someone put a greater Sage Grouse in this thing. This can't be a mistake. Right? This might be for me. But no, it was just, a, I think it was coincidence.
0: Right. Uh, it's a good show, and you should start watching it. I highly recommend it.
2: Maybe one of these days, I'll, um, I'll catch up. It's, I had no idea it was doing so well to be perfect. It's a lot better than The Brink. Watched one episode of that as well. Um,
0: and it was a hell of a lot uh, easier to follow than True Detective.
2: Well, just because it's easier to follow doesn't mean it's better. You thought True Detective was good this year? Uh, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Right. It, it was just so hit and miss for me. Colin Farrell was very, very good. I thought Rachel McAdams was awesome in it. She was also very good. I actually thought all the performances, except for, I'm not even blaming Vince Vaughn either. I just think the writing was atrocious.
0: Well, here's the thing. That's the thing. If I told you that HBO was going to have a show about a, a career criminal and and a like a maybe a dirty cop, um, who. Uh, had to work together and you know maybe they liked each other maybe they don't like each other and uh together they have to uh figure out how to keep their careers going amidst all this corruption in this city and it was going to start Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn like like that was exciting that would have been I think a show that I would want to watch because I like those guys and you throw throwing Rachel McAdam she's good I God. thought Taylor Kitsch was in, good in it too um he didn't get me excited before the show started oh, though. Okay, yeah. Right, but he was okay. But there was just a lot of like there were a lot of times when they would like be talking about a character that I had no idea who this person yes, was. it was
2: a little too dense and I think that's part of the point of the show that, you know, the way the show ends and how things fall out is, you know, a political landscape that's designed to be dense and complicated. So it Things can fall through cracks.
0: But there was a lot, and, of, lot of A to B stuff that um, made no sense or, or they got from A to B uh, so lazily.
2: Yeah, I'd like to rewatch it because, again, watching it week to week, it's, it's tough to remember things. I like the mood. I like some of the set pieces, just the writing. And, I, you know, when you're talking about your complaints, uh, confusion complicated storylines threads that went nowhere. That's part of the writing too. That's right. That's all part of that. So it was just a, it was just a, if, was just a think,
0: bad show. I
2: think it was just rushed. I think it was rushed. And I think it suffered from not having uh, one director for every episode, like the first season and probably the directors that problem. well that were part of it. were not as good, uh, but on the, on the whole, it's way better than most shows that I've watched on TV and, Using the first season as a bar is probably an unfair bar to hold for a TV show. Well,
0: no. But I mean, I could think of a dozen shows that were better than that, that I've just watched recently. I don't know.
2: I I still, I didn't love it. I do not regret the time I spent with True Detective. Even
0: Bloodline was better
2: than True Detective. I have not finished Bloodline, so I can't say. Bloodline was pretty bland. That's what I mean. And it was still better. So we'll see. I still want to finish it. You should. It's Coach Taylor. You have to watch it. It's just time. What do you mean?
0: You got no time?
2: I got to pick and choose. (laughs) I can't watch them all.
0: Uh, The other thing I wanted to mention to you, because I know we're both huge fans of his, and I'm curious if you've had a chance to watch any of Last Comic Standing. No. For Norm MacDonald.
2: I found out late he was on the show and i've been meaning to catch up but
0: i just i also found out late i didn't know he was on the show until he was on the tonight show and then um i just recently watched the first two episodes and he is the best judge yeah absolutely i'm sure he would be he is very critical
2: yeah i got uh, a, i will catch up i i went and saw him recently at the casino and he was great as usual i don't doubt that i mean uh, he uh um
0: he offers people jokes and how to change jokes, and I think he does more um than what Roseanne or Keenan do but uh yeah, he's great hmm. so i highly I highly suggest you uh, try to catch an episode or two. I will do that because I think what he brings to the show is very good.
2: I feel like I need to watch it if he's on it. I just well, sure need to that's norm commit some time yeah
0: I got two full time jobs. What are you doing?
2: Two and a half, I
1: guess.
2: <laughs> Two and a half full-time, like jobs, and it's just summertime. summertime. Summertime's busy. Yeah. Seems like every weekend is full of shit.
0: You have lots of weddings that you get invited
2: to and Not bachelor so many. parties. I've got more and... coming up in the next three weeks, actually. Yeah. Lots of them, so what can you do? Yeah. Open bar? Uh, I think so. We'll see.
0: That'll be all right. Are you excited about your bills? I
2: am. If they get a great defense. I, I'm not saying anything about quarterback. I think hopefully one of those three can surprise. And uh, I'm not crazy optimistic, uh, somewhat reserved optimism for the Bills.
0: Between the defense and field goals, they could probably win seven or eight games. I think so. Easily. So, I don't know if they can win many more depending on. I mean, there aren't any quarterbacks who are actually out there who are half decent. Uh what's Kyle Orton doing? He's, on, all a be- their he's option- on a beach somewhere. All of their options are better than Kyle Orton.
2: Think so? Yes. I guess we'll see. Okay.
0: How you feeling about Brady?
2: Love it that he's not playing against the Bills. That's all I care about.
0: When is he not playing against the Bills? He's not they're not going to hold up that suspension. They have to now. No they don't. Yes. <laughs> the 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 court of law is gonna get rid of it because they have no evidence.
2: He uh, the, the you don't need evidence. It's totally separate.
0: Well, maybe what uh, um, Goodell is doing is completely separate. But this is this is this
2: they can still sue. They can do whatever they want, but it doesn't affect that. That's a totally different thing. This well, is not a like, legal matter. Well, this is a code of conduct matter. Right. And that's what he's been punished for. He's going to play. We'll see. Oh, he's going to play. Okay. You he's, don't want him says, to play. Of course not.
0: <laughs> Do you think that he deserved the same suspension that the guy that beat up his wife got?
2: Uh, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah. What about the fact that he played better with the regular footballs?
2: It doesn't, It's totally different. One's indoors. One's outdoors in the cold. A, a deflated ball it, right. it benefits you in cold weather. Which that game was. So you
0: don't you don't consider it just gamesmanship. No, he cheated. It's so obvious. If if he if Tom Brady played in the NFC for a team that had nothing to do with the Bills,
2: you wouldn't even care no, at all about I, it. I would definitely consider. Oh, it cheating. give
0: me a break.
2: He he destroys his phones. Because he has text talking to the equipment guys. Well, what yeah, but, maybe,
0: but he maybe he had other personal things that he didn't want getting Please. released to TMZ. Like there's tons of reasons for that. No, I mean look what happened with Hogan. I mean, like all of a sudden Gawker uh, is not like like releases all these videotapes because they're getting sued from Hogan and and all this stuff gets out onto TMZ. Like he could have he could have texted another girl. And uh, and that could have ruined his marriage. Like there's tons so, of reasons he then would have he just... shouldn't be doing that. Then, but there's tons of
2: reasons to destroy. Regardless his phone. of what it is, he's got something to hide. But it's I, I don't care. Honestly, I I'm sick of hearing about it. Are you? I, yes. It's the only. There's nothing happening in sports. It's the only thing people talk about. That's yeah. how boring sports is right now. And the Blue Jays. Yeah, which I'm sick of as <laughs> well. But are you sick of Major League? No, no, not at all. So let's uh... only one movie. Can be watched over 200 times and still be beloved. Well, let's get that uh, bobblehead a bobblin'
0: and start talking about <laughs> Major League. Now, what, what year did this come out? 1989. Stars Tom Berenger.
2: Written and directed by David S. Ward. Charlie Sheen. Uh, Corbin to Burnson. Tom Berenger. Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, this is one of his first roles, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, I would think so.
2: Dennis Haysbert. Uh
0: I always call him David Palmer. After the twenty four fame,
2: yes. yes. Uh Renee Russo. Yep. Yeah. She's in it. It's Bob Euchre we haven't even mentioned yet. It's it's the best thing about major league. The cast is insane. It's a good cast. It's sure. one of it's one of the best ever. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I would. You say that's one of the we best casts ever for like a comedy movie okay uh, okay (laughs) and we haven't even mentioned in my opinion the two best people in the movie they're not even the stars who's that uh like (laughs) chelsea ross is ed harris and uh gammon with uh james gammon is lou brown those those to me are chelsea ross is who harris Bardall? vagisil Oh, okay, right, right. Harris. Harris, yes. Who, to me, is the unsung hero of Major League One. Has the best lines, is the team villain, so to speak. Right. He, he is... Uh, no one talks about Harris. Harris really brings that movie together. <laughs> the, way, the way the Rachel Phelps standee brings the team together... That's what Harris is to that movie; he brings it all together.
0: This is very fascinating to hear you
2: talk about Major League. I I just, you know, it's always the same things I hear about Major League. I hear about the Bob Euchre lines. Okay, Bob Euchre is great. I like him in the movie. I hear about the Wild Thing, the song. That's fine too, but that's not why Major League is amazing. Okay, it's Lou Brown, (laughs) Harris. I would say. Rachel Phelps is an unsung hero of this film and Corbin Burnson for sure. It's, it's, it's the villains that really set the tone and it's still somewhat believable. I would say for a comedy baseball movie, I think it, it plays pretty much in reality. And I think it starts with the opening credits. It's not a, like necessarily a loving portrait of Cleveland with burn on. It's Randy
0: R- Newman. It's the first thing I have in my
2: notes. Yeah, no, yeah, it's Burn no on. The great to
0: start is with Burn on. Exactly. Right now,
2: and it's amazing opening credits. It's it's humble. It's an accurate portrait of Cleveland. Uh it just to me that echoes through the whole movie. It's right. it's not a pretty movie. It's if you contrast it to Major League 2, which looks like a comedy, I would say this looks more like a drama. Uh the the scenes are portrayed accurately. I don't know. It just feels real. Everything about it feels real. It's a heightened comedic realism, but it still feels grounded in reality. What about, um, the don't bring up Joe Boo right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. The,
0: the, the reasonings of the, uh, then the new owner.
2: Uh, I think it's not that bad. Right. And I think owners have done this essentially. <laughs> I think it's interesting that they set. So she wants the team to tank. So she has reason to break the lease with the city. I think lots of owners would do that if they could and have done that and move teams more suspiciously than that in the current day and age. So I I think it was actually kind of an ahead of its time idea. Right. And even picking Miami.
0: Yes.
2: Seems a little apt and uh, a little bit of foresight as well by David S. Ward. (sighs) Now we'll get in. There is some unbelievable things towards the end of the movie relating to the move and the owner. Right, but the premise, it's not that bad to me.
0: So let's go over the premise. The the, the owner of the team dies, and it's uh, left to it's is, is it, Rachel what? Phelps, former her former showgirl wife. Former, that's right. And uh, she uh, her idea is to uh, use a loophole in the uh, in the contract with uh, the stadium and with the city that if uh, the attendance drops below 800,000 people for the year.
2: So we're talking 10 or 1,000 people per game. No, 10,000 per game. Yes. Which seems pretty doable.
0: Right. And so if, if that happens, they're allowed to get out of the lease and move the team. And she wants to move the team to Miami and get into like... Uh, get uh, Get into the golf clubs down there and just live life in luxury with a brand new stadium down in, in Miami, so her idea is to get rid of all the good players, bring in all these uh rejects um and uh and get like a uh like a schlep of a manager and hopefully the team is so bad people will stop coming to the games
2: yes. I think if this movie were made today, I think she would want the press to think that they're tanking almost and hate her and run her out of town anyway. Right, and with this, you
0: know <laughs> the the whole thing of tank nation, which is a, a theme that every year pops up, not not in baseball very often.
2: It, it was kind of like uh, the Hornets was not in terms of draft picks, but the owner had some scandal and. People stopped going to the games in North Carolina, and then it carried over with him to New Orleans. And sometimes an owner that's disliked can really drive fans away.
0: But now there's a new owner in New
2: Orleans? Yes. The owner of the Saints. Right.
0: Okay. So um, uh, this is – the she gives a list of uh, uh, potential players that she wants on the team – And uh, she suggests somebody to manage. Lou Brown. Lou Brown. He's
2: managed the Toledo Mud Hens for the last 30 years. That's right. Think about that. 30.
0: (laughs) And he uh, also works in a tire shop. Tire world. He answers the phone (laughs) and uh, books appointments.
2: (laughs) He is the best.
0: So he eventually agrees to come manage the team. And then we get the montage of, uh, of all the players that are gonna play, like uh Tom Berenger, uh he plays Jack Taylor. Uh current- Jake Taylor. Jake Taylor, right. And uh he uh is currently playing in the Mexican league, and he's a
2: total drunk. Yeah, he's a womanizer. He's, he's washed up, you know, he's a likable guy, though nothing He's he's the protagonist, I would say, the main protagonist of the sure. film.
0: Um I gotta say though, Lou, like like is he mentally challenged or is that just what yeah the way he he's
2: the best part of the movie he's he is
0: but uh, I mean his his character is he supposed to be like slow
2: no okay he's just I would say perhaps Philip Seymour Hoffman modeled his coaching performance in Moneyball after Lou Brown in Major League just even keel very unexcitable straight laced a bit of a prick he's a baseball manager he's perfect
0: that's a ridiculous statement. Well, I don't comparison. think he actually,
2: but that's. I kind
0: of figured he would model his performance after Art Howe.
2: Yes, but I think I don't think he actually modeled his performance after. But those characters embody the same things. That's a baseball manager.
0: You don't see that? Oh, the, and is he still alive? Who the actor played
2: Lou? Yeah, is he? Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> no, hey, no shit. Four, or five years ago, he died. There you go. Ouch. Man, this sucks. Everyone, everyone we're talking about. This is dying.
0: Uh Charlie Sheen plays uh Rookie Vaughn. Yep. Who is currently playing in a penitentiary league. California Penal. And uh you said penal. And uh he uh, not sure if he can make it in time for spring training because he's in prison. Mm-hmm. That's a big gag as it pans out, and he's wearing the orange jumpsuit, he's on the phone and says, I'm not sure I
2: can make it. See, it's weird. When, <laughs> we see this movie through different colored lenses. Okay. Like I, it, this. If I was to equate this movie to a song, it would be "Happy Birthday."
0: I was actually going to mockingly say "Happy Birthday" right there because
2: I've I've heard "Happy Birthday" so many times. Mm-hmm. It's it's not even a thing anymore. It's ingrained in my brain. I couldn't judge "Happy Birthday," or make a an honest commentary about it. It just I know everything about it. It's like it's instinct. Everything about it. I uh, that's what it is. This movie is happy birthday to me. I know everything in it. I, I know every line before it happens. I just I just watch it unfold when I'm watching it. it I I'm impervious to judgment at this point. Okay. That's alright. But I saying that saying that, I still laugh at it. I still like the lines. They never get old. And contrasted with Major League Two, which we'll talk about, the lines in this movie are not super punchliney either. I would say 80% of it, maybe 75, is in the realm of locker room talk, jabs. A lot of the punchlines are reserved for Bob Uecker's character, mm-hmm. Harry Doyle. And I think like, that works. Having him as kind of the clown figure in the movie and that he's spitting out the punchlines and that's who that character is. It works so much better than Major League 2 where every character is joke after joke and it, the separation is perfect in Major League. Okay. The only other punchlines that I really can think of are the, the repeat montage of fans in the city commenting on the team. With the
0: the Asians,
2: yeah, yeah. always saying they're shitty and stuff. Yeah. I, like that's punchliney stuff. But I mean, for the most part, it's not too heavy-handed with its comedic beats. I'd say.
0: Okay. Um, next, we're introduced to uh, Pedro
2: Serrano. Now, this is where believability might he, come into uh, question. Uh, if a guy uh, could not hit a curveball at all, probably wouldn't have a job. In baseball. And when we get to the end of the movie, when they say he managed to bat 281 with some like 34 home runs, I don't see how that's possible once people figure out he can hit a curveball.
0: So Pedro Serrano is is played by... uh, Dennis Haysbert. David Palmer. uh, President David Palmer. Or the guy from the insurance commercials. And, uh, so his thing is he, uh, believes in like voodoo.
2: He defected from Cuba. Right. Yeah. And he's in the
0: voodoo and he prays to his God who is,
2: well, I, I don't know if Joe boo is his God, but right. he, he, prays uh,
0: Jobu. he prays
2: to Joe boo. He prays to Joe boo. He, he has a seeks small advice, idol statue from seeks advice and sage and things like that. Ask Joe boo to come. Yes.
0: And then... Uh,
2: He's, they all have mini-conflicts, obviously. it's uh, Pedro Serrano and Harris have a, a holy war, as Jake Taylor puts it. Uh, Roger Dorn. Roger Dorn, and, played by uh, Corbin Berenson. Who is fantastic in it. And Rick Vaughn have their thing. Uh, Jake Taylor's more... His story is with Rene Russo's character. And that's the one thing I like about the movie. I don't feel like anyone it's a very balanced screen time. Everyone has their moments. I I, compared to the second one where like the forced lead role of Charlie Sheen just feels so gross and, and phony and every, everything about the movie is fresh. It really feels like lightning in a bottle, right? Like all these young actors coming together, I a a relatively hot. Tom Tom Berger had been around a long time. He's one of the only ones in this movie though, that like, he would have been the star at the time, which he, right, which he makes was. sense. But it's not like the movie's overburdened with Tom Berenger stuff. No, no, and, no. And he, no. he's a pretty likable lead. And I, I don't know. He, I can't believe how well everyone works in the first movie. And then just goes off the rails for the second. We'll get there.
0: We'll get there. <laughs> so Roger Doran, Corbin Berenson, yes. riding his way from. I can't LA tell if Law. you
2: like major league. what. I'm, I'm discussing the movie with you. Every, it sounds like you hate Major League, but you love ballers. Which I haven't, even, I haven't even said whether I like it or not. <laughs> I know I can't tell. But we're just talking about the the characters. That's all. Right. all. Okay. Jesus, man. I just can't tell. I want to well, know what I'm up against here. That's part of the part of the point of the show, right? Okay, I want to you to take a stance.
0: Discuss the movie, and then uh, when we give the ratings at the end, they, that's you know. When you'll find out. Okay. I mean, we've given some bad movies two balls because that's really is. <laughs> <it's> <laughs> I nice don't know thing. if I have. Well, maybe not. Um, but Wesley Snipes is, uh, um, something to notice about Wesley Snipes. I didn't realize how small of a man he is until seeing him in this movie.
2: He's he's short in stature, but well built physically.
0: He. But I mean, standing next to like tom berenger he's a pretty tiny guy
2: and that's perfect because right. he's a center fielder and a lead off man and fast willie mays hayes it's perfect
0: and what's his catchphrase say hey no no willie mays hayes i run like mays <laughs> and, and like hayes there you go <laughs>
2: i hope i got those the right way i think that's wrong actually i think i always mess it up yeah. so I do know. I said I know everything about this movie except for yeah. all the things everyone else knows.
0: But anyway, see, I wrote down. I'm pretty sure I wrote down "play like maze, run like Hayes, but I don't think that's right. No, that's right. Is it right? If you wrote it down, and uh, it definitely
2: sounds right when you say it. So I fucked up. I'm a piece of shit.
0: So these guys are like total misfits.
2: Misfits would be the word. Yeah, and
0: uh, so of course, all the bad players make the team because that's what uh, they're instructed to do. But they don't know that they're only there because they're terrible. And uh, they think they're really there to play for the Cleveland Indians. Um, but uh, uh, at first, Western types character uh, like isn't on the team because he just kind of showed up and uh, he ends up making the team by displaying his speed as he uh, outraces two men in a hundred yard dash barefoot in pajamas.
2: Yes. Now, let's be clear. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't make the team by that. He doesn't get thrown out. He's he was being thrown out the first day of camp, obviously being cited as an imposter. I mean this isn't this isn't a joke. They're gonna know who's supposed to be there. Right. Takes him a day to figure it out. They Not drag his ass out of there. And you know what? He just shows him what's up, shows him that speed, that lead-off speed. Gets then, into a 100 stolen bases. Now, but, I watch very carefully this okay. time He doesn't start that late. No. It, it's not as bad as I remember it being when he catches up and beats them in the race. I think those are two of the slower players. And when you factor in, they've gone out of their way to get some of the worst players, who are probably slow as well. I'm, I'm buying it. I'm buying it. I feel
0: like you're really working hard to defend
2: this movie to yourself. Not at all. Because you're working hard. I'm working hard. That, no doubt about that. I'm fucking working hard. But <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I was, because I, like I said, it's happy birthday, so I know everything about it, but, so I'm watching, like, trying to get some new things out of this, like, stuff I can just tear apart, like, this is a joke. I got a few later in the movie. But up until the end, it's watertight. So, except for when Jake goes up to the apartment, that scene kind of bothers me.
0: So when they, you know, they're they're all in the team and uh, they start playing, and and uh, Jake and Ricky and uh, Willie, um, they're comrades. They right. they bond. They all go out together for dinner at a very classy restaurant, and Ricky bond because he's like this. Punk in this tough guy who's in prison has got this bad buzz-shaped lightning bolts in his haircut. Is wearing a uh, a suit jacket with no sleeves. Yes. No shirt, but a bow tie, or is it a regular tie?
2: It's a regular tie. It's a regular over tie. A cut off shirt underneath. Over a cut off shirt. Says, I feel like a banker in this thing. So not which like is a great line. Not like a. <laughs>
0: Feel like a banker. That's a great line.
2: It is. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually my favorite line watching it this time. <laughs> I'm not a enjoying... Feel like a banker in this thing. I never really laughed that hard at that line until this viewing. Yeah. It was a good one.
0: So it's during this scene is when we're introduced to Renee Russo's character, who is an ex girlfriend of uh the one, Jake that got away.
2: the one that got away. The Let's one... not just some ex girlfriend.
0: Right. It's the one that got the
2: one right. he regrets. The one he thinks about every day when he wakes up in the morning. I let that one go,
0: and she's on a date with uh, her fiance, her soon to be fiance, or her actual. fiancé. I think fiance. it's already her fiance. It's already her fiance, and then uh, that's where the uh, the trouble starts
2: with those people. Yeah, I mean that that storyline plays out pretty much how you'd expect. You get some nice musical moments uh some love making she cheats on her fiance with him the fiance's such a dick though she deserves it but you can tell she's just she misses Jake too <laughs> i obviously they're meant to be they, there's probably more of that storyline than there needs to be in the game or in in the movie but it's weird when she shows up at the end of the movie it feels like a long time since anything's happened yes with those characters that she's just there so Oh, whatever, but uh, when I was a kid, I was like, fast forward this bullshit. Sure. Now I want you want to
0: get back to the baseball stuff, yeah. and that's then so we should. This their first game, too. yeah, their first game, and uh, they get hammered. Rookie Vaughn gets ejected from the game, and uh, boy, things are not looking good for this Cleveland Indians team. Mm-hmm. Bob Euker, um it was when he starts delivering his classic lines the ones that are most often repeated. Yes. And probably the things that you find least funny now? Uh I don't because everyone else thinks they're funny. <laughs>
2: well, that's somewhat accurate, but I still like his lines. I I think they're they're quoted for a reason. They're they're funny and certainly better than his lines in the next movies following. So the wild pitch gets thrown and his just, line is just a bit outside. That, I would say that is probably the most quoted. I would think so. line for Major League.
0: Still in in that line is quoted um, in, like, regular baseball. Yes. And it's it's a, it's a transcendent line.
2: See, uh, when I coached uh, softball, I we would always use... Did you use, coach, like, Lou? No, but we would always <laughs> use lines for Major League for everything. Right. And even when I played softball, like, the most subtle things in Major League are ingrained in my brain. Like, if you get a, a single and, like, you're picking up momentum, I would do the Roger Dorn you got to go back to the team and do the, the focus clap right to the team. Everything. you got to pull everything from Major League. I, it, it's insane. How ingrained. What about,
0: what about the leg crossing?
2: Was it, uh, yeah, we didn't do that. No. No. Okay. That, well, even they couldn't pull that off in the movie. There's a rough cut. <laughs> so I don't think it's fair to hold other people up to that standard if the, the actors in the movie couldn't pull it off continuously right sure did you notice that cut that, i did not did, notice oh, okay. the cut there's a bad cut for oh, that okay uh i don't know i just i, think I love just everything i have a ball because of that yeah it's it's to the point where like i love that that cut that bad cut <laughs> the bad cuts one of my favorite things in the movie wow. i wow. have to add that to my top five. five oh the my bad god cut.
0: so it um you know, things aren't going great for the twins at this point in the movie and then the um, twins i'm sorry the indians we get to the Twins in the third movie. Yes. So. Um, so the Tribe is not doing well. And uh, Lou finds out about uh, what the point of all of them on the team is. And he tells the players. And then um, is it Jake Taylor's motivational speech? I forget now.
2: Which? Uh, there's only one thing left to do.
0: Yeah. Win the whole Win damn thing. the whole
2: thing? fucking thing.
0: Oh, is it? An F word? Yes. That's Jake Taylor. Yeah. So now the team are like, they're going to rally. Now they all of a sudden become fantastic baseball players, and they go on a huge winning streak, and uh, it comes down to them against the White Sox? No. The Yankees. The White it's the Yankees to, uh, for the pennant, right? Yes. And uh, then is it, they lose to the White Sox. After the movie,
2: after this yeah. in the in the American League Championship Series, so it's a big. Show. So we learn after,
0: yes. So it's a big showdown with the, with the Yankees uh, to win the pennant, who's who, who to see which team uh, moves on in the in the playoffs. Correct, and that's uh, um, that's kind of the pinnacle of the movie here. And then uh, in between all that, uh, yeah, like uh, um, Jake and uh, Rene Russo get together, and they do dirty things and uh, it looks like uh, that she's decided to um, she ends up sitting, pretty much deciding that she's going to stay with her fiance because she moves out mm-hmm. and moves in with this guy and Jake's all upset about that because he goes to her apartment and it's all cleared out he just walks into an empty <laughs> building I don't know how he gets in there He just he just walks into buildings all the time yeah he <laughs> That's his thing in this movie because that was the third time he just walked into someone's apartment. Like I said, this movie is
2: very believable. Right. It's very (laughs) believable. (laughs) He does it though. Jake, if there's anyone that can pull it off, it's Jakey
0: Taylor. So there's, there's, there's that part. And then of course there's more inner turmoil with the team, uh, between, uh, Ricky Vaughn and, and, uh, Dorn. Dorn is caught on video cheating on his wife. His wife sees the video so she decides to seduce Ricky Vaughn, but he doesn't know that it's the wife, and then there's tension oh, between
2: them. But this is like just, this is just the the strings tying this movie together. What it's all about, where the comedy is, is you know you got your spring train spring training montage, Lou Brown tossing out gems this whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just the throwaway lines that are just cemented in the history of cinema, and I. I it is like really auspicious that these weird lines, like I, you can quote, I quote them to people all the time and everyone knows what they are. If you did, it's a, it's a very quotable, memorable movie, especially I would think amongst people our age when, I mean, in the the early nineties, baseball, I think that's why major league two, certain changes were made with it. Baseball was the most popular was ever been before the strike. Like that's all, that's all I cared about was baseball. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure me liking major league was part of that. And just loving baseball when I was around like 10 to 14 and that I didn't really follow any other sports, maybe basketball a bit. And I think it was like that for a lot of people our age or definitely my age. And it was like, that's all we talked about. And so we'd watch major league all the time. And it's, it's so weird how, out of the movies that I watched when I was a kid, I like, I've always repeatedly watched major league and really never gotten sick of it. And that's hard to, that's hard to do for comedies because with comedies, it's usually, you know, a punchline or a joke that you already know is coming. And it's really not that funny when you know what's coming, but the lines, this movie's more about delivery and characters and just a vibe. And it, it, it totally works. You love this movie. I really do. And we are talking about the finale. and
0: the, It comes down to one game, basically, against the Yankees.
2: Yes. And, I mean, the crowd scenes are awesome with the full stadium. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like a full stadium. There is an electricity, I would say, more so than most sports movies that I've seen. I'm hard-pressed to think of a sports movie that has like, a more believable, amped-up crowd for a final scene. Can you? I, like, I really can't.
0: I never really thought about it.
2: Like it's pr- it, it feels like a big game, and people care about it. Now, if you're going to point out logical flaws, at this point in the season, Rachel Phelps, she should probably be happier rooting yes, for them now. Because, because
0: they're making they've already, tons of money. As
2: soon as they've gone over 800000 800, she should be... Any The further they go in the playoffs, the more money I'm going to make. It's yes. already a lost cause. She cannot get... The least to happen. That, to me, is the biggest flaw in the She's movie.
0: still mad. I got That's in my notes. That's, it makes no sense that she's mad that her
2: team has now made the playoffs. Exactly. And there's no reason for her to be mad at all. Uh, And what was the other? But everything comes together.
0: Ricky Vaughn faces his nemesis. Haywood. Haywood strikes him out.
2: Now, well, he asks. For, yeah, well, Lou, Lou Brown has a hunch he's due and puts him in the game. But leading up to that or i guess after that is the yeah it's after Jake Taylor this is the other unbelievable Lugs <laughs>
0: out that uh well he calls his
2: single. shot on a bunt a yes. bunt and this was always the part every time i watched major league since i was a young boy this part didn't make sense to me when when Jake Taylor is doing signs with Lou Brown and he goes like rip, rip and he yes and Lou Brown goes that's a hell of an idea yeah what do you, like, what do you interpret the idea being there? Do you interpret it's, I'm calling going to call the, my call shot, shot <laughs> and, and down bunt? A
0: bunt when everybody thinks I'm swinging for the fences.
2: Because otherwise it's not that great of an idea. It would no. just be a bunt. Who wouldn't, right. who wouldn't think of that?
0: But yes, apparently so that, there's a sign in their playbook for, for calling, your, calling your, shot. your shot to the outfield. Yes. <laughs> Which
2: I find hard to believe. Well, yeah. You know, it, it's the end of the movie. It really just comes off the rails a teeny weeny bit, but it's okay.
0: I mean, yes. I mean, uh, that's where there are some issues with the the movie. But anyway, the bun single works, and uh, they get the run.
2: Oh, and that music kicks in. Bob Euchre's call for the Indians winning the game. I still get chills. Still, I love. It. Oh my god, I love it.
0: And then we find Rene Russo in the crowd, and mm. she's ditched her wedding ring. That's right. his little finger wag. She wants to be with the, the successful baseball player because she's a fame whore. Come on. It's
2: love. Woke up one day. What did I find? Don't you love that song? No, it's awful. Oh. Outro music for sure in this podcast. <laughs> Why, I figured Hold we'd use Wild Thing. my pockets. No, too obvious. Wild Thing will not... What about Burn On? Burn On will be the intro.
0: We can't change our intro music.
2: <laughs> well, maybe I'll play it before we talk about Major League or over the top of it. Because it needs to be there. Burn On needs to be there. All right. I hate. That's the one thing I hate about Major League, that it's the DVD or the Blu-rays, the wild thing edition and other things like that. I mean, well, would you, well, what not. else would it be? It's Major League. But they're referring to Ricky Vaughn. It's the Just a Bit Outside edition of Major League coming up on Blu-ray with new trivia. Blah, blah, blah. Just give me the movie, as David S. Ward intended. You know what I'm saying?
0: I want the Just a Bit Outside edition.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I really... I'm, I, I could have gone through and just list... Uh, this would be the most boring thing ever for me to just list all the amazing lines in the movie. But there are so many. There, there are too many to count or to repeat. Uh... I mean, it's just, it's a masterpiece.
0: One of the scenes that I actually liked the most, which we didn't talk about, is uh, during the spring training, when the players get back into the locker rooms, they open their locker, and if they have the the, the, the red, red card, tag, yeah. the red tag hanging in, that means that they've been cut. And uh, I enjoyed those those tense moments. Oh, yeah. Of when they're opening their lockers to see if they've been, if they've been cut or not. They
2: throw a little wrinkle with the... That's right. Adorn? There's a joke that's what's the matter,
0: rookie? Ricky fuckwad!
2: Hunt. Can't you take a fucking joke? Oh yeah, real fucking funny, asshole! Love wow, it.
0: that's like an exact quote.
2: Oh yeah, rookie? Fuckwad! Can't you take a fucking joke? Like that's good stuff. You know what? That's the stuff that really made this movie tick. Let's make the next one PG. I think that's a good idea.
0: That uh, well, that's rookie the weird fuckwad. thing when when the it. when the the players find out that. Uh, uh, the owner is trying to screw them, and then one of their motivation is to get a cardboard cutout of their hot owner, and every time they win, they take a piece of her dress off. They peel a section. Um, That led to zero nudity. That's true. It led and, to a thong and pasties.
2: And that's even more interesting to me. Like I remember think- when I was a kid, I was like, ooh, Major League's bad. They say swear words, and... I remember there being nudity and stuff like that, but there's really not. It's
0: There is a It's any. pretty
2: tame. Yes. I mean, they're swearing, but it's not uh I w- it's not as raunchy as an R-rated comedy today. It's not about shock value. It's about conveying a realistic locker room. Like that's how major league players would talk. That's the kind of stuff that would happen. Fuckwad. Fuckwad is used extensively in the major leagues. <laughs> it's, a lot of research went into that. <laughs> but it, I mean, oh, it just, honestly, it depresses the shit out of me thinking about Major League 2. Right. It it really does. It actually, Major League 2 makes me almost want to take a half star off of Major League 1 because it makes me think that David Ward didn't know what was even good about his own movie. Right. But who knows what kind of corporate suits are sticking their noses in on Major League 2. I don't know.
0: So Major League, what's your ball rating?
2: My ball rating is as high as it could ever get. It is an elephantized two balls out of two, shining balls, two of them, huge, enormous. It's a good rating. What's your rating out of two balls?
0: I would also give it two balls. All right,
2: now we're talking.
0: I enjoyed Major <laughs> League. I mean, for for what it was. I mean, uh, oh, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I. Uh, I clearly don't like it as much as you do. Uh, there was a... I've probably only seen it three times. Yeah? Including this time.
2: Really? Yes.
0: Wow. I do remember seeing it in the theater, though.
2: Yeah, I definitely didn't see it in the theater. So, I
0: think uh, it was one of those ones. Where, so, I would have been about 14 or 15. 9, 89 it came out? Yep. 89? So, yeah, I would have been 14. So... I don't know sure if I would have had to have snuck in or not.
2: Yeah, I don't know what the rating
0: at that time would have probably wasn't an R rating.
2: Would you it was R. Was it? It R? might have been 14A in Canada yeah, though, or the equivalent. Yeah.
0: So. So I probably was able to. But I do remember seeing it in the theater, so. But uh yeah, Major League it uh, brought back some memories. There's some uh, some laughs. I am one of those people that uh thinks the best stuff is Bob Uecker sorry
2: that's okay Um, i mean it is partly you just this movie the more you watch it the more you pull out of it so i'm sure that's what i loved the first few times
0: i watched it too lou on the phone from the tire shop was funny
2: got a guy on the line about a couple of white walls he doesn't even want to coach the indians now that's funny he loves his tires
0: some people like tires some people want to
2: coach baseball. Turns out he got to do both. Again, Harris, the unsung hero. He's
0: the other pitcher, right? Yeah. All right. What's that actor's name?
2: Uh, Chelsea. What was it? Chelsea something. That's a rough first name. Chelsea Ross. He is thankfully not dead.
0: Not too many uh, men named Chelsea. Nope. He's a character actor, though. He's been Oh, a, totally. He's yeah. been in a crap ton of stuff. Usually he plays like a... Uh, Um, like in, like a government aid or, or sheriff. Yes. Sheriff type for sure. Southern sheriff.
2: Oh, he was in Mad Men too. He was the head of, uh, Hilton. I think. I've never seen Mad Men. No. What else has he been in? Uh, Simple Plan. Drag me to hell. I didn't remember. Uh, Last Boy Scout.
1: Hmm.
2: He's, uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Right. A military thing, too. A basic Instinct, he's in. Hoosiers.
0: I do remember him from Hoosiers. Don't forget yes. Hoosiers, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So anyway, Major League, if you haven't watched it, get on it.
0: Would you say the same thing about Major League 2?
2: Uh, I would not. Did
0: it have a tagline or just Major League 2?
2: Uh, let me see the tagline here. Ooh, good one. Okay. The dream team is back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but really, that's not accurate. No, it isn't. It is not accurate at all. Um, but we do find out right at the very beginning that Bob Euchre is back. Yes. He's the glue. For well, he
2: gives part. us a nice uh, recap of the original and all the things that have, that have happened. Did you find that odd? Thing? I found it very odd. <laughs> that they just used footage from the first movie? Yeah, and... In the recap? I mean, I know you have to re... There's this desire to retell it. But who is going to see Major League 2?
0: If they de- haven't seen the first yeah, one. Yeah,
2: I mean, you can be a little more subtle about it than than what's in this movie. And... I just...
0: I don't recall ever seeing that. Where they recap the first movie just using old footage.
2: Yeah, and it's weird. The movie essentially plays out exactly like the first movie. I know... Oh, yeah. People say, you know, Hangover 1, 2, 3 is the same movie, just slightly changed. This is the same thing. They realter the arcs. Now, Rick Vaughn's the lead. He's got a a, a relationship thing to deal with and all this other stuff. But it's right out of the gate. Oh, yes. It is a totally different movie. It, It looks very glossy. It feels like every character is doing an impersonation of their character from before. They feel totally different. And part of it, they're five years removed. They look older. It, like, Do you know who did the best uh, impersonation? Don't say the person who's actually doing an impersonation, which is Omar Epps. <laughs> yes. Who is the worst part of this movie. He is terrible. So uh, Wesley
0: Snipes, I'm assuming, like, this is how many years after?
2: Uh, five.
0: Five years. Um, I'm assuming he'd already made it big. I think so, yeah. And so... Whatever movies he had done. I don't know if he had done Passenger 57. or, But I think he had already became like a, a name box office guy. So he did not come back for the
2: sequel. But yeah. you have an opportunity to, to get rid of that character.
0: No, but they wanted to keep the character. Yeah. And just replace it with a new actor like they do on sitcoms. Yeah, and not only keep him,
2: but kind of make him an asshole.
0: Yeah. Omar Epps comes back as uh, Willie Mays Hayes. Uh, but, yeah, really doing an impersonation of Wesley Snipes doing that character.
2: Only every character has taken that to another level. It, oh, yeah. It, it just, it, everything, all the, the great, uh, humble, gritty things from the first movie are gone in this. It's, right, I think- it's just a goofy comedy. We The sh- first thing we should mention, For my whole life, since 1995, I've been going on and on. You know what the problem with Major League Two is? It's PG-13 and the first one's rated R. How do you do that? You know what I just found out today? What? It's PG. They didn't even go to PG-13. They went from R to PG. How do you do that? How do you convey a baseball locker room and grown men performing in their jobs in a PG movie? It doesn't work. And how how could you not realize that's what really made the first one amazing? I I don't always think R is... I appreciate comedies that can be funny without being R-rated. It does not work for a sports movie.
0: It sure didn't work for this one.
2: You can have a a good sports movie that's PG. I don't think you can have a, a really funny sports movie that's PG.
0: Probably not. I'm sure there might be an example. Maybe I I think think even
2: Mr. Three Thousand I think is PG (laughs) thirteen. What's the rating on Mr. Baseball? Let's see. I'm guessing Mr. Baseball's PG thirteen. Who's in Mr. Three Thousand? Bernie Mac. Oh right,
0: that's That's right. I thought you were thinking saying that Tom Selleck.
2: Even Mr. Baseball was PG thirteen and also starred President Palmer, Dennis Haysbert. As, I don't know, some character. Serrano? He's on the poster. I'm just oh. looking up. Is it Pedro Serrano? Max Hammer Dubois. I'm just reading the notes here. But anyway. That's, a good name. Let's not talk about Mr. Baseball. No.
0: All, all right, so all the players. Um,
2: except I, for Harris. A huge. Harris is gone. What a myth. What an absence. But they've
0: all, all, all the characters have changed. Not only are, you know, they just amped up characterizations of their characters from the first one, but like their, their attitudes have all changed as well. And they've all the, got
2: new demons the
0: winning got to their heads except for Jake. He's the only one that still, uh,
2: stayed humble, but he had to come to grips with the fact that he, you know, he can't cut it anymore. He's moved on to being a manager, right? Well, Roo, that's because Brand he can't, has had health issues.
0: Yeah. So he can't, uh, his knees have really given out, and he's just not good enough to be uh, the 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 star catcher that he once was. So they and, ask, and then they make a big free agent signing too. Parkman, Parkman, Shirley
2: Parkman, who, in my opinion, is the best part of the movie. I, I probably he, he's the, he has the the only okay lines, I would say, and seems he might benefit from me not having seen that character before. So I'm not like, right. I'm not holding him up to some standard from the first movie. So he, he works as a villain for me. And, uh, we got Dorn moving on to general owner role.
0: Uh, Hayes now, uh, instead of just getting on base and stealing, he, he, he swings for power now.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's a big thing, which I think is this right around the time Brady Anderson, or I think it's maybe two years before, Brady Anderson did that as a lead off player. Yeah, I think maybe. it's about two years before and maybe coincidentally, did you notice where this was filmed? No. Camden yards. Oh, before it was unveiled as a new park. I was watching the first scene. I'm like, I know that I, I was there. I double checked online. Camden yards. Indeed. Re-skinned with some uh, Cleveland Indian stuff in the outfield walls. But you can still see the Oriole on the top of the clock in a few shots, and uh, yeah. Why, why didn't
0: they fill it film it in Cleveland?
2: Because I think it was or whatever was it Metropolitan Stadium where they used to play the, the old one. I don't know. I don't remember that one was being demolished, okay. and uh, Jacobs Field wasn't finished yet. So
0: oh, okay. So that's why they filmed it. Yep. In in Maryland. Um. So uh, Serrano is now a uh, a pacifist. Yes, he's got a new religion. He's got a new religion. Um, Ricky Vaughn uh, comes up with uh, some new pitches, so he doesn't throw the heat anymore to try to make his career last longer.
2: Yeah, well, that's the whole. That's the the biggest story beat of this whole movie. Yes, and it really gets more screen time than anything else. Unlike the first, which again is most characters in moderation. This movie is all Charlie Sheen.
0: Well, they'd kind of
2: what's going on with him, which makes no sense. It makes no sense. If his whole thing, if he has a new PR person, his whole image is that he's a bad guy or a bad <laughs> boy. Why would you change that? Like it, it really, that's what you have. That's your niche. You, if anything, the storyline should be, he's sick of being the wild thing, but it's, it's maybe if they made this movie five years removed from the first one, And it was five years removed in their careers. Right. It would make more sense. It takes place
0: the next season. season. Yes.
2: And so there's a part where Charlie Sheen is, takes his old fling on the motorcycle when he's finding the old wild thing and he takes her up to their spot. He's What's the line? He says, he's like, uh, I haven't been up here in a long time. It's been at most six months. Yes. Because (laughs) they're, they're not even in the playoffs yet. From the last time that season ended, it's been six months. And that's sort of
0: the thing, because this this ex-girlfriend was not in the first movie. Right. And so there's really like zero time for him to have had a relationship at the end of the movie, a, a a lengthy enough one that he still has feelings for her and she still has feelings for him, for him to break up with her, start a new relationship, and then get all of these lucrative
2: deals uh to get his name on their merch and this pr person has decided look everyone loves you as the wild thing we're gonna want to do is make you mr corporate that's they really love you for that great idea (laughs) She she's she's amazing at her job oh yes and so everything about this movie makes no sense it's just it's so bad and the I remember everyone loving uh Taka Tanaka at the time and holy insane
0: stereotypes at this point.
2: Well, that's yeah, I don't even care about that. The character is just not funny at all and obnoxious. I I remember I remember liking him the first time I saw the movie when I was 14. Oh, looking back on it now it's just so bad.
0: So you were 14 when this one came out? Yeah. I was 14 when the first that's one right, came yeah. out. Hmm. weird but uh yes um it's really bad
2: i, I only have a few highlights from this movie sure. at all and they're not highlights they're things i could maybe take away as a positive lou brown and the gag with the british soap operas when he's in the hospital is okay right that
0: he <laughs> that's how jake taylor becomes the manager yeah he lou has, has a, a heart, heart attack,
2: attack yeah i mean all the story beats with or the joke where uh lou brown asks jake not to tell him or give him one of those and then obviously the first thing he does is do a win one for lou speech yes is that even funny no It, it just nothing is funny uh parkman i think has some okay lines surprisingly i don't mind randy quaid for most of the movie, so
0: he's not in the first one no. because they those characters are in the first one. Yeah,
2: they're just anonymous like diehard fans. Right. And they and work this time they, Randy Quaid's. Now in. they need a character for that. Yes. And I don't like that idea, but he he's okay in it as a like a fan that turns on his own team. I like, I know those types of fans and I've been that fan at Bills games like oh, it doesn't matter, we're going to blow it. Like you you take everything with a grain of salt and Right. I like the idea of that fan being in the movie, but it's not super funny. Uh, Again, another misstep. The end series is a seven-game series now, and it's just like it plays as this ridiculous montage compared to a one-game thing in the first one. That, that, That game, it justifies having 20 minutes, where this you're taking seven games, spreading highlights over... 20 minutes and nothing feels that important. It's just, okay, we know they're going to win. Let's let's get to it. I would say, if you're watching Major League for the first time, I don't know if it is a foregone conclusion that they're going to win. I, I don't think yes, so.
0: Sports movies have ended where the team yeah, has so, lost. But, not many of them comedies, but...
2: Yeah, and this one, I I never get the sense that so they're not going to win. Dorn is the
0: Roger Dorn's the owner now at this point.
2: And oh god. And then
0: he ends up having to sell the team cuz he can't afford to keep the team running. And of course the old woman, the old owner, the woman,
2: she comes back.
0: Rachel Phelps. Rachel Phelps. She comes back and uh, and buys the team at a much discounted price. And uh, of course wants them to lose again. For inexplicably. When she could be making money. Yeah. It makes no, like, there's there's no reason why she wants them to lose again.
2: Especially when they were, obviously did very well the year before, so they probably broke their attendance or hit their attendance marks within the first, I don't know, 30 games by the time she buys the team, so
0: uh, uh, I
2: think she justifies it in the movie by saying she essentially bought it back for half of what she sold it for.
0: Then Roger comes out of retirement and signs... With the team comes back.
2: I'd say the moment where he takes a pitch is okay too. Like his reaction, I think is just right. kind of funny.
0: Um, there's one part. So like the players turn on each other. Of course, that that's going to happen. But then they start to rally and they start to get it all back together. And there's uh, a quick montage of them beating the Orioles. And right after they beat the Orioles, the newspaper. Flashes on the screen, and it says, Tribe gives Jays the Willies. Because they beat the Orioles. Willie Mays, Hayes, does some crazy things to win the game. And then they refer to the Orioles as the Blue Jays. Hmm, I didn't the, catch that. I did, and that bothered me. It made me puke. Oh, I was that are, offended.
2: What are you, a puke head? As one of the kids <laughs> refers to uh, Charlie Sheen towards the end of the movie. All the stuff with the kids. Oh, and, oh God. that's, that's so bad. charity
0: kids and... Going to the birthday party, but,
2: oh, corporate wild thing. Just it awful. just it happens over and over again. We get it. We know what's going to happen with this guy, and I love that Jake Taylor, superb manager, waits till Game Seven of the ALCS to sit down with Vaughn and really confront him about who he's become, rather than like Game Two of the of yes, the season or just early, yeah, early on
0: in the season. But, uh, so we forgot to mention that during the season, uh, their new all-star catcher Parkman gets traded to the White Sox and that's the team that they're, uh, um, they're meeting in the playoffs now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so they're down three, they blow the they were up three, nothing to the White Sox in the series. And then they blow the, blow that lead. And now it's three games to three. And, uh. And basically it comes down to uh Vaughn facing Parkman.
2: He wants Parkman. He, he wants walks Parkman. he walks a player to get to Parkman. Yes. Which makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> so stupid.
0: Yeah, it didn't really make any sense at all. But of course they uh he strikes out his nemesis in the movie uh again, like he did in the first one. <laughs> and they win the pennant. And Ricky Vaughn gets this mysterious ex girlfriend back.
2: Yes. Well we should also mention his current girlfriend at the beginning of the movie, Alison Duty from What's the uh, last name? Duty. D O O D Y. Also Elsa from Duty. Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade.
0: Oh, the German. Yes. Right. I didn't recognize her.
2: Mm. I'd forgotten about that. Uh, what else? I don't know. I have very little else to say. Maybe uh, when she
0: first went on str- was on the screen, I thought it was Natasha Henstridge. I could see that, but did, uh,
2: yeah, no Har- Obviously, was... no Harris. <laughs> no Harris. You take Harris out. You know how they say addition by subtraction. What would be the opposite? You take one thing out, and everything falls apart. Division by subtraction.
0: What about uh, so they? What about their new catcher who has oh, the, yeah, his problem? What's his name uh, again?
2: Rube uh, Rube Rube something. And I mean, that's I would say Rube Rube, Rube Baker. I would think when they were making this movie and marketing it, they thought that was like the funniest thing in the movie. Probably. And again, it's not a line. It's not a character. It's just a a joke that plays out 20 times. It's a
0: catcher who can throw to second and throw to first and throw to third, but he can't throw the ball back to the pitcher without throwing it over his head Mm
2: -hmm. because he can't
0: concentrate.
2: He recites Playboy... Centerfold stats to to get his head
0: to get him uh, focused. Which is, I don't know why that idea I don't know would it's work.
2: It's Funny, I mean Bob Eucher, he really doesn't have many good lines in this movie at all. No, he does not. Even he,
0: I did like, I did actually chuckle at something that Rube played uh, said, which was, um, "Let's you
2: know I get oh, he mixes up lines right like
0: well no he said like you know uh, I think Taylor is talking to him and." Uh, and I, I think it might have been Vaughn bon was on the mound or they're, or they're practicing whatever. And he said, you know how you throw the ball to the second baseman? Well, pretend you're throwing the ball to the second baseman when you throw it back to the pitcher. And he says, you want the pitcher to play second? You see, I, th- I, I thought that was kind of funny.
2: Yeah, he said, like, you have no problems throwing a second. But the pitcher, you do. Do you see right. where I'm going with this? You want the pitcher to throw from second base.
0: Yes, that's the line. That's the line.
2: Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: I mean, I... Uh, See, so you know this movie really well, too. How many times have you seen Major League 2?
2: Uh, probably five, maybe wow. six.
0: So you've seen Major League 2 more times than I've seen Major League. And you hate Major League 2. Yeah,
2: this was a, a time when I would watch... I, when I would buy a movie, I would watch it like four times. I'd probably tried to force-feed Major League 2 at some point in my life, but...
0: To try to make yourself like it, yeah,
2: and that it didn't work. It just didn't take. Didn't take.
0: It's just it's way too similar to the first one. There's nothing at all interesting because we've seen it all already. Um, there's not even good comedy.
2: It's not funny. That's the
0: biggest thing. There's and no comedy,
2: and it's not rated R.
0: Um, the characters are boring. the The new characters are just not funny. Like I, I was offended. Takatanaka Tanaka actually and how not funny he is. Yes, lies.
2: exactly. And I it's directed by David s ward I don't think I said this but he didn't write it. Uh which I think shows and again a cash grab probably uh Did he ever work again after this one? Oh yeah, he made the program after this I believe. The which? The program? I think okay. he wrote and directed the program. Uh oh, did he fucking That's crazy. I forgot about that. He wrote the Sting <clears throat> that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty impressive. It's a good movie. This guy wrote the sting. Uh, and, Oh, he wrote King Ralph uh, <laughs> oh, boy. and wrote and directed, I believe the program. Yes. And the last thing he did was he wrote fly boys hmm. with, uh, James Franco. Is he still alive. I didn't even check that. Yeah, he's going strong. Oh, that's good. Yeah.
0: So I, on, honestly, um, it was uh, pretty amazing at how bad they fucked this movie up.
2: Yeah. Again, just a cash grab. Baseball was so popular when this.
0: This came out. Or I'm assuming around the same time that when did, Rookie of the
2: Year came out. Yeah. When did the strike happen? Baseball yeah. strike. Was it '95?
0: Yeah, it was well the expos were the best teams in '94.
2: It was '94, '95. So. so, I wonder if that affected this movie too. Where, they, they when they went into production and they were making it, baseball was at its peak popularity, and then the strike might have happened right when. But the, the movie would still, they've already wrote the movie. Yeah, it was done. So it was bad. They have or, to it really, was
0: bad before the strike.
2: Yes, but the fact that it was a cash grab. And then probably when it came out, people were kind of sick of baseball. or Maybe.
0: So this came out what year? 94. 94. What year was Rookie of the Year? I'm Angels getting... in the Outfield. That was around the same 93
2: time. for Rookie of the Year. Angels in the Outfield, 94. What's the one where the guys? Sandlot,
0: 93. What was the one where the kid was the manager? I love this baseball movie, though. Isn't that Rookie of the Year? No, no. Rookie of the Year was that he was the pitcher that had to wind right. up the this other one was uh was uh he ended up inheriting the, the twins and he was manager of the twins. Timothy Busfield was in it. Um I, I remember I've never seen it as my something. Timothy. I enjoyed it very much as a, a young lad. Okay, let's see. Not really a young lad. I was almost 20 at the time, but I remember enjoying the movie.
2: And even when the first major league came out, baseball movies were popular too, because Field of Dreams came out the same year. Right. And Bull Durham came out the year before, or two years before. So they clearly were trying to ride with the wave of baseball success. Just trying to look it up for you. Little Big League.
0: Little Big League. Thank you. I enjoyed Little Big League. And Never then seen. uh what else there was also uh there was another Kevin Costner baseball movie for the love of the game that might That have was later. way later. That's that like was 90
2: late ni- 90s? 98 I think or something like that. So
0: all these movies these these com- baseball comedies all came out at the same time. Probably they all went into production, well pre-production and writing of these scripts because of the
2: success of Major League. And Bull Durham for sure. And Bull Durham and Field of Dreams. It was just, there was like two rushes.
0: I was trying to throw a baseball something to you. For oh, no.
2: It's all good. Major League. Major League stands where it stands with me. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can shake that foundation. Don't, don't worry about it. I don't need Major League, uh, the eagle inflated for that movie at all. It's, right. it's perfect. Nothing's going to change my mind about it. I have no shame or regrets for my love for Major League. So should you give a ball rating for this uh, piece of shit. Yep, I'll give it half a ball.
0: I was also going to give it a half ball. Which, this is we're giving it a half cruck.
2: Yeah, and it causes more dilemmas with Major League Three.
0: Back to the Miners was that was the tagline, right?
2: Oh yeah, back to the Miners. Right. I don't know what the tagline is. First thing, why are you not calling this movie Minor League? Like, That's very interesting. seems like a joke to me uh i mean i watched oh you want the tagline for this one
1: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) some uh callback to the tagline for major league two they're just nine players short of a dream team oh dear lord what is with this dream team yeah so major league (laughs) three dream team i so
0: minor league would have been a much better name than back to the minors so what was it? If it was Major League Three, Minor League. Yeah, I think just call it Minor League. Well, then people would know what it was. Yes, they would. No,
2: there's a lot of stupid people. No, people would know Minor
0: League. Well, think about weird. remember remember how they changed the name of the Harry Potter movie for the United States. Yes. because they didn't think enough people would understand what a philosopher was.
2: Yeah, I don't know. They're just they're scared. They're scared little babies. Now, just for the sake of content. <laughs>
0: Looked up what that has to do with anything, but okay.
2: <laughs> the taglines, we never said the tagline for Major League One. I didn't even and, know there was one. Well, neither did I. As reported by IMDB. Not not a lot of brevity to this one. When these three oddballs try to play hardball, the result is totally screwball. <laughs> what? It just rolls off the tongue. Uh also a secondary tagline, a comedy with bats and balls. I'm glad I; those were not there to influence me at any point. Yeah, of my with these make, three oddballs. With these three oddballs, try, sorry, when these three oddballs try to play hardball, the result is totally screwball. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with that? Awful.
1: Oh, it's bad.
0: <laughs> That'd be a good, uh, a good, a good podcast there talking about taglines of oh, yeah. your favorite movies. As a child, that would
2: be a highlight. That one for sure. Uh, so back to the miners. Truly awful. I did see this in theaters. I remember that. Oh my god! This,
0: I can't believe this had a theatrical release. It, it made did. like two million dollars.
2: Yeah, I saw this. I was excited for it, to be honest. And even though no Tom Berenger,
0: no Charlie Sheen, no Omar Epps. <laughs> true. Right, but uh, the big oh. addition to this movie.
2: Well, uh, Scott Scott Bakula. Of course. I just have to say one thing. I forgot to mention this. When I talked about Omar Apps doing Willie Mays Hayes and making the character, not him necessarily, but in the movie, he's more unlikable. There's one part where he's running the bases and it's a pop up and he runs behind the second baseman and says, I got it. I got it. Like calling it to call off the second baseman. Like that just makes me hate that character. Bush league. That is pathetic. Yeah. No one who likes baseball would watch that and say, "Ha ha, he got him." That's you don't do that. There's no. A rod
0: to- did it to the Blue Jays once. Did he really? Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, there you go. That's your uh, maybe A Rod was a big Major League Two fan, which would make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> but anyway, back to back to the minors. Scott Bakula. Good. Yeah, I mean,
0: Scott Bakula comes in
2: now. He obviously had starred in Necessary Roughness. Oh yeah, which. Tried to piggyback on Major league success, taking it to the pigskin with a very similar poster produced by Paramount uh, starring Sinbad and... Kathy Ireland. Kathy Ireland. And I remember liking that movie. I'm sure it's a a huge piece of shit now. Uh, I I think at one point we were, or I mentioned maybe throwing that in as a bonus. I'm very glad that we didn't. I don't remember that
0: conversation. But
2: but I'm... I'm glad that didn't happen because, uh, after watching two and three, I don't think I could have piled on another.
0: But so Corbin Barrettson is back. He's now the owner of the minor league team or is he the general manager? I
2: think he's general manager of the twins, like the whole baseball operation. He's GM
0: of the twins. And I guess he's technically also GM of the farm team.
2: Yes. The buzz.
0: The buzz. The South Carolina buzz. And, uh. So Scott Bakula is a, a former player.
2: He's still playing at the beginning of the movie.
0: Right. And he's asked to become uh, the manager of the minor league team by yes. Carver Baronson. And then... Uh,
2: Specifically to work with Billy Downtown Anderson.
0: Right. A very young Walton Goggins. Yes. Um, so there's a whole bunch of new players on this team. Um, by the way, Kenny Johnson is also in the movie as... Uh, a former ballet dancer turned pro baseball player, Kenny Johnson, Walton Goggins, both in
2: the shield. Oh, okay. I was not familiar with Kenny Johnson. Yes. At all.
0: He played uh, Lance, the dance parade.
2: And we have yet to mention the star of this film, Ted McGinley. Right. right. Well, <laughs> who, yes. who plays uh, the manager of the twins, Leonard Huff.
0: Hunter, yes. Um, some of the other uh, ragtag uh, ball players there's a uh, Frank Pops Morgan who's this, very old and very out of shape
2: very old in fact 5 years older than his coach i looked up the ages it just made no sense to me that well let's no secret minor leagues are designed to uh mold young talent yes i would think if you the player is 40 i think i looked it up he would have been 46 or something at the time of this maybe 44 um Probably not a good idea to keep him around in the minors. Unless he's a coach or.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. He's way too old to be playing. Hog Ellis is their star pitcher. And they also have another uh, a relief pitcher named uh, Carlton Doc Wingate, yes. who has the slowest fastball. I remember that league.
2: actor from, I believe he was in Herman's Head.
0: He was in Herman's Head. Well played. Uh, so yeah, so, uh, Lance, Lance, the dance is a former, uh, um, ballet dancer. So the problem is Rube Baker is back and he has the same problem as he had in part two. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't fix his problem. <laughs> he didn't get over it. And now he's back to throwing wild pitches. Uh, we are blessed with Bob Uecker again, calling baseball in the minors. Now he no for- longer calls for the Indians. Nope. He's back. <laughs>
2: sure. No explanation. Pedro's back. For no explanation. Well, yeah.
0: So they, uh, the point is they're terrible and he wishes he had real baseball players. So, uh, Roger Doran, uh, goes out and, and brings in Pedro Serrano.
2: And the point is, they're supposed to be bad baseball players. That's yes. what the minor leagues, yes. You're not supposed to win. I don't think he understands the goal of the minor leagues.
0: So, uh, on a road trip, they drive past, uh, uh, a a place mini called putt, a mini putt place. Takas mini putt, and Scott Bakula says, "Is that like he played with these guys? <laughs> like <don't> <laughs> he had like his character was never in any of the other films, but uh, so they stop in and they they find Taka Tanaka who is not playing baseball, but he has made a fortune in uh, <laughs> a, uh, a a mini putt course with batting cages and a driving range." Taka Tanaka, the businessman. Sure. They convince him to uh, come back
2: to play baseball. And you know what? It turns out this, uh, what's it, Gus Cantrell. Yes. He's a pretty good coach. A great coach. He he can mold this talent. He, he brings can di-
0: out the best in everyone. He's
2: so good. And, he, you know, him and this Huff. Ted McGinley from the Twins. They got a bit of a history. Oh, they you do. Know? Yes. He doesn't like this guy. They don't like each other.
0: hate each other.
2: McGinley's character. He's a bit of an asshole when oh, he meets yeah. him. You he's know, he, a, He's a D-bag. He's full of himself. Oh, big time. So you know what? He challenges him. Big that challenge. The, that the minor league team can beat the major league team.
0: During a fight at a fancy dinner restaurant. And a fancy restaurant over dinner.
2: I like fancy dinner. Fancy dinner restaurant. <laughs> I kind of like that actually. <laughs> uh, and because this is their only conflict in the whole movie and this
0: this has nothing to do with the Indians anymore.
2: It's no, now the twins. They need to end that game where they cheat by turning off the power. Right. Like Super Bowl 2 years ago. Yep. And then oh okay. Now we get to do that whole thing again in the climax of the movie.
0: Right. So they 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 the minor league team goes to Minnesota to play the Twins um, in an exhibition game in the middle of the regular baseball season. Probably wouldn't go well over too well with the Players Association. Probably not. Um, and they are about to win the game or tie the game. I,
2: I think it's tied. They're, it's tied. Potentially, they, win. they're potentially
0: yeah. could the minor league team could potentially win and to keep that from happening because it's the bottom of the ninth two outs and they're about to strike out one of the twins players uh the twins shut the lights out in the stadium which causes a tie and crazy
2: they revisit the challenge you know what i don't want to spoil anything but they 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 win right but there's
0: there's uh and there's wh- consequences on this this bet this time though
2: Well, yeah, there are, but they actually don't matter by (laughs) by the
0: end of the movie. So if if, uh, the Buzz win, then Gus gets Huff's job in Minnesota. And if uh, the Twins win, then Huff gets all of Gus's salary for the year, which is probably like 23 grand.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you know what? While this is happening and the team's coming together to beat this other team— downtown anderson billy he learns a few things along the way too
0: he gets called up
2: he fi- he gets a little bit a b- bit of humble pie yep it sucks
0: yeah. up in the majors then gets sent back down these
2: things just work out the way they should which is really nice and uh the the love interest maggie reynolds played by jensen daggett great name yeah
0: never heard of her before
2: yeah i haven't seen her in much else She's pretty attractive uh Oh, anyway, she was in. Uh, Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, I she did. was. Yeah, okay.
0: And uh, uh, downtown wins
2: the game with a two-run homer. But she, she's barely in the movie. She's there right at the beginning. Yes. You think it's going to be a big deal?
0: She's not. Not important at, all. at all. She's you don't very see, supportive.
2: You don't see her again until the end of the movie. Towards essentially, the end of the movie. Yes. This is like just strung together with the thinnest ideas, uh, cashing in on the major league name.
0: It's a really bad movie.
2: It really. I didn't, I,
0: There's I, nothing remotely funny or entertaining in this. And
2: Bob Euchre, the biggest jokes with him are he's paired up with the Twins announcer, who's a real straight-laced, starch-collar kind of guy. Yeah, it's so awful. They, they certainly don't uh, see eye-to-eye eye on this they thing. Don't, they, don't,
0: they don't see anything.
2: I didn't laugh once.
0: It was a struggle to it, get through this movie. It really was. And it was the longest of the three of them. Yeah, I think so. It was awful. Terrible, just really, really bad. No balls. No balls. No balls. <laughs> I think. Don't I... You, how could he even compare it? Like, like this made Major League Two look like fucking Citizen Kane.
2: Well, the thing is, it's le- it's less offensive to me. It doesn't sully the name of Major League in quite the same way. At least it's trying to do its own thing and failing miserably at it. That it, doesn't make it okay. It doesn't make it good. Believe me, I'm. All I'm debating here is I, am I giving this a half ball or zero balls? Uh, on Letterboxd, I gave Major League Two a one and a half out of five, and this a one out of five. Probably more generous than I should have been. I'm giving I'll, this I'll, no balls. I'll go with you. I'll go no balls.
0: Do so we have the same ratings, all three movies. Yeah. You were very concerned that I wasn't going to like Major League.
2: Well, to be fair... It's more like five balls out of two for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't go higher than two. So, I mean, right. it's a it's a heavy, heavy two balls. Right. It's so it instead
0: guess. of rating it two John Crux, you'd give it five Crux.
2: Sure. Wow. Like I, I, again, I can't even judge it anymore. It's just... It's part of the fabric of my being, Major League One. So, yeah. And
0: I'd actually forgotten that this movie existed.
2: Yeah. Well, we, when we were talking... We couldn't uh, remember. Well, we thought there might have been a fourth, too, yeah. which I w- was not in disagreement with you. I thought there might have been a direct-to-video fourth one or something like that, but thank God there was only three.
0: But They could have done it with like an all-girls team and had that big change. For oh, that was the another movie baseball movie in, in
2: 93 or 92, League of Their Own. Well, how about that? There's st- <laughs> that one was quality, though. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it was bad, but baseball was huge.
0: Certainly was. Uh, so we did a top five and a bottom five. Oh, yeah. All right. Of, uh, of these uh, movies. I had a difficult time with tough lists.
2: Okay. Uh, which one do you want to do first?
0: Let's do the bottom five.
2: Okay. But I'll go first. Bottom five.
0: Number five.
2: It's a tie. I don't like doing this, but there's so much bad stuff in Major League Two. Uh, all the, the new characters... Tanaka, uh, Rube, but I'll call this a new character. Corporate wild thing. Right. He's essentially a shade of his former self and uh, truly awful. Um, no, I'll do all.
0: Are you going to do all yeah, five? Yeah. Okay. Number
2: four. This is a. I had to pick one bad thing about Major League. So okay. When Serrano finally shakes the demons of the curveball and says, fuck you, Jobu. I do it myself. It was that easy. All he had to do was say, fuck you, Joe Boo. He hits the home run, the game uh, tying home run, I think. He comes home and Dorn is waiting for him in the bullpen or at home plate. And he high fives him. And he goes, Joe Boo! When he high fives him. And it's just, we just saw Joe Boo had nothing to do with it. Oh, yes. It's like, it's confusing. I don't yes. know why they left it in. I'm Obviously, I know <gasps> Dorn doesn't know that he just said, fuck you, Joe Boo. He might still think so, but it's confusing for the audience. Just maybe should have tweaked that. Uh, Number three, at the beginning of Major League 3, when they're playing, the buzz is playing a team called the Rock Cats. (laughs) Right. Which may have uh, the ugliest uniform I've ever seen in my life. Uh, (laughs) I wish I could have got a screen cap of this, but it's I don't know who threw this together, which production... Designer concept artist came up with these, but it is truly god awful. Oh, there it is. Oh, look at that! Like the The space cats. Yeah, look at the space between rock and cats. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh, shameful, shameful. And let's see, number two, Omar Epps playing (laughs) Willie Mays Hayes as a complete caricature, and number one, Major League Two, PG.
0: Uh, My bottom five. Number five, in Major League Two, uh, without Harris, apparently Ricky Vaughn pitches every single game. (laughs) (laughs) There were no other pitchers. Uh, Number four, Rene Russo is a giant skank. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Cheater. Don't like it. Uh, Number three, uh, all three films end with... uh, a character beating his nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, um, the beginning of Major League Two using the old footage. Hated that. And number one, uh, the whole idea and everything that had to do with Lance the Dance. Um, like uh, I just blocked his, his that pirouetting. <laughs> like he pirouettes over the catcher to tag home plate. Um, he curtsies after every game. Um, he's. He's trying to get all the players into shape by teaching them ballet moves. Just awful. Just, just awful. Like, that was supposed to be funny. That was their idea of a comedy. Like, I got an idea for one of the ball players. He used to be a ballet dancer. <laughs> he could wear
2: leggings, he could dance. Awful. Yep. Was that Top number five? One? Top five. Uh, number five, I just like to give something to not part 1 in part 3 they had the do you remember the starter jackets the one sleeve jackets yes where the one sleeve is one color possibly the best sports jackets ever made in history wow uh, i had a baltimore orioles one just the pinnacle of sports jackets and i'll give this the nod for having an official starter buzz uh baseball warm up jacket uh number 4 opening credits burn on major league one number three james gammon is lou brown in uh, major league one number two the unsung hero of major league one chelsea ross as harris and number one the overall ensemble uh division of story between all the characters pacing of major league one great ensemble cast
0: fair enough Uh, My top five, uh, number five, uh, all the graphics on the Jumbotron. Uh, Outstanding. Nuts is a good one. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really bad. Uh, Number four, Major League Two, Ricky Vaughn apparently pitches every day. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, in Major League Three, when the, the rematch between the South Carolina Buzz and the Minnesota Twins is played in South Carolina... They don't sell out. <laughs> There's tons <laughs> of empty seats.
2: See, and that just goes to show how good Major League One is, filling that stadium with people.
0: Uh, number two, uh, Wesley Snipes' 100-yard dash in PJs and bare feet in slow-mo. It's outstanding.
2: Is it top five or bottom?
0: This is a top. Okay. <laughs> this, that's why it was a struggle. And uh, my number one uh, was uh, from... In the first major league, all of the eighties racism <laughs> that's in the movie that is not okay to put in movies now. Well, I don't even There are in the there were signs in the crowd that said Injun. <laughs>
2: really? <laughs> I didn't see that.
0: <laughs> and uh like all the, the there was uh, you know the three Fans in the in the outfield, like uh, the woman kept going.
2: Ooh. Oh, okay, I saw, oh, tied to the Indians. I tied see. to the. I Indians. thought you were talking with like the characters. Being, no, no, like, no, no, like, no, no.
0: All the 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 just general Indians
2: and ra- Native American racism that comes with that. Yes, okay,
0: because of that, and there was
2: lots of it. Hmm. I just didn't even see it. <laughs> that's uh, right. Uh, okay,
0: so that's that's, it. that's the three major league movies, man. We up and down best really bad and horrendous yes that's how we would uh rank those
2: thankfully if you're gonna uh, do this for sure watch major league one
0: well yes yeah i i highly recommend you watch the the first one because at least it's entertaining and then uh you know if you feel like watching two and three that's your problem <laughs> <laughs> all right so now we got that out of the way do you want to do some of our regular features, uh, some of the favorite things of all of our Ball sure. Junk Podcast listeners. They love this stuff. Yeah. Talking about it at the water cooler the next day. <laughs> I know they are. <laughs> it's water cooler talk. <laughs> uh, I got a couple of stories for uh, balls around the world. Yeah for that? Yeah, of course. going to start with a tennis story. So, uh, uh, just uh, last week, this past week, the uh, Rogers Cup tennis event um there was a match uh between i think he's greek um but i could be wrong um nick kirgios if i'm wrong about the pronunciation whatever um he was he was in a match with uh stan warinka who was uh ranked number i think number five in the world and uh he almost uh made it to um uh, he uh, he ended up being like the one of the top four ranked players that didn't make it to the last Grand Slam. Anyway, he's moving up in the world. He's a really good tennis player. So these guys were uh, in a pretty tight match, and uh, apparently they were being lippy with each other. So at one point, uh, Nick uh, uh, is caught by an on-court microphone as he's yelling at uh, Rowinka, who's a two-time Grand Slam champion. Um. Uh, uh, another player by the name of uh, Thanasi Kokonakis. He said, Kokonakis banged your girlfriend. Sorry <laughs> to tell you about that, <laughs> mate. Uh, so apparently uh, Rowinka had been linked to Croatian tennis player Donna Vekic and uh, uh, yeah, decided to uh, tell him that during the middle of the game. I don't know if that's a true story, but uh, uh, pretty funny what? that he would throw it at that guy in the middle of a game.
2: If it's true... It's it's funny. If it's not true, it's pretty lame. Bad gamesmanship. Or just not that good of a burn.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, uh, unless, like, Rowinka uh, didn't know whether it had happened or not.
2: Yeah, I guess, but... Right.
0: But, uh, yeah, so uh, a couple of tweets towards each other um, saying how shameful it was and how low it was. So this was on TV, I'm guessing? Yeah, it yeah. was caught on the microphone. How did I not hear about this? That's pretty good. Um... Victoria Azarenka, who's a female tennis star, uh, she had a really good tweet about what had happened. She said, at least walk away from the microphone. (laughs) 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 Oh, those tennis cronies. Oh, I know, man. You got to use whatever you can to uh, get a leg up. Uh, So I'm going to tell you about a sport that's played on the other side of the world. It's a Japanese sport named Bo Taoshi. Have no. you heard about Botaoshi?
2: No, right. absolutely not.
0: So it's Japanese. It's an unusual sport. Uh, it's kind of like capture the flag. Now, uh, uh, Botaoshi translate loosely to "bring pole down." <laughs> so it's a it's a game that's played by cadets of Japan's National Defense Academy. Um, two two teams of a uh, hundred and fifty players. It's a lot of players because it's a 75 on 75 game.
2: So wait, two two teams of 150 or yes. two teams of 75 totaling 150.
0: Unless there's separate offense and defense. Okay, I right. got gotcha. you. Right. Um, basically, they're competing for each other's poll, which sounds kind of dirty, but it's not meant that way. Um, so they're divided into the groups. There are 75 attackers and 75 defenders. The defenders start to defend their own pole while the attackers position to get to the other team's pole. Makes sense so far. Yep. Um, now these are some of the names of some of the defensive positions, uh, pole support, which is, uh, the one that holds the pole in a vertical position. Uh, there's a barrier. They protect the pole. There's interference. Um, they kind of uh, pester and 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 uh, kind of stop the attackers from coming towards the the pole. There's the scrum disabler, <laughs> That's good. Um, and uh, there's a team. There's a player that sits at the top of the pole to protect it, named Pole the, Sitter. The ninja. Hmm. I thought Pole Sitter would be much more accurate, <laughs> but no, ninja. Uh so some of the offensive position players names are the springboard scrum. Uh there is uh pole attackers and uh general support attackers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like capture the flag, but apparently it gets
2: You have to climb the pole and Uh
0: well you have to lower the pole uh to a 30 degree angle. So so it's pointing down. Yeah. And uh I'm assuming that
2: uh, the it's pretty rough. What's it, what's it called again? Botaoshi. Is there a video? No, I just want to get some pictures
0: here. B O T A O S H I. Oh yeah. Does it look rough? No. <laughs> it no. Looks,
2: it's pretty much what I pictured. I when you said capture the flag, I was picturing it happening like in a forest or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like paintball? Yeah, like something like it's just on a field. Well yes. Yeah. I think in a
0: forest that'd be much more dangerous, especially with these be hard to get spectators, table academy is that what I said they were National Defense academy hmm. these guys play to win
2: interesting Botayoshitoshi we should uh we should start a league one on one so let's
0: get into do some sack time if you want to uh, send us a question, you can email it to us balljunkpodcast at gmail.com uh you can send us a tweet. Ball Junk Podcast. And uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. That would be great. You can also follow me on Twitter. Uh, the Gas Man Lives. You can follow Frank on Twitter. Uh, dirty Frank, three R's in dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, first email comes from a guy you're familiar with by the name of Sean Dwyer. Oh, really? Yes. Sean Dwyer of film junk fame. Are you familiar with him? I am familiar with him. <laughs> He's a hell of a guy. Uh, so his email says, just finished listening to the latest episode and remember that I'd been meaning to send in a question a while back. I was talking to my brother who was a much bigger basketball fan than myself. And I brought up Frank's observation, conspiracy theory, that certain NBA players always seem to get the calls. My brother stated that this was just a given and that there is basically an unwritten rule in the NBA that all the veterans get the benefit of the doubt from the refs, whereas the rookies don't. In other words, you have to earn that advantage. I was just wondering if this is, in fact, an unwritten rule that you guys were aware of and whether or not you feel it is fair. I do find it problematic that the refs have so much control over the outcome of the game, (laughs) but I can appreciate there is at least a method to their madness, so to speak. Balls.
2: (laughs) John. It is, well, an unwritten rule in the fact that it happens and everyone's... the media propagates the rule, too. They're like, oh, you're not going to get that call as a rookie. It's insane. I do the I, find, is, I find it funny. How when you read it, does it not sound insane? I it's do like, find it problematic uh, that there <laughs> is so much control over yeah, it, the game. You know game. what, Sean? So do I. I also it, find it problematic. It is very problematic. And you know when it's really problematic? When your team doesn't have the players that get all the calls. Or, so when
0: you have a young team like
2: yeah, Pelicans. Or a team that doesn't get superstars. And you're like, hmm. Why, when Tyson Chandler was on the Hornets, he got called for four offensive fouls a game, but on the Mavs, he can essentially body-check people and do whatever he wants to win a championship. Why is that? Hmm. That boggles my mind. And, uh, Sean, I love the way you stated it so plainly and uh, inquisitively. Uh, It was with the innocence of a child and it, it, it perfectly shone light on the dilemma in the NBA. Thank you, Sean.
0: Sean Sean the light.
2: Yes, thank you, Dwight.
0: It's a good. It's a. That was a great question. Appreciate that. Um, speaking of the NBA, did you happen to see the press conference where the Lakers introduced their new trio? No. Of uh, Roy Hibbert and uh, Lou Williams and who's the other
2: guy? They have Roy Hibbert and Lou Williams. Yes. Oh my god. It's this pretty a, bad. This is a disaster. That's all they
0: got, man. That, that, that's him. And uh Kobe and the the point guard they drafted.
2: And Hopefully Randall's back, but
0: Yeah, Julius Randall'll be back. Yes.
2: But that's and, I don't see those guys gelling with Kobe.
0: Well, that's man. the thing. Uh, there was the three of them up there and one of the people said, you know, has uh has Kobe talked to you guys? And then it was like 25 seconds of silence. They all just sat there and did nothing. (laughs) Really? Didn't laugh.
2: Did they still have Jeremy Lin? No. No? He's gone. All right. Go Lakers.
0: Yeah. Basically, it was just Kobe and Randall. They were the only people who were under contract. Everybody else is gone. Hmm. But you should watch that video later. It's very funny. Uh, There's a question uh, from James in Seattle. Longtime Film Junk listener. Occasionally on your film junk board as Ripples Dip and Fremont Brit. Hmm. Greg, I think of you often as I watch Liverpool's Misery. (laughs) (laughs) What a strange season, especially compared to last year. Your thoughts on Liverpool and will Rodgers be kept on? Well, yes, he was kept on. Your thoughts on the Steven Gerrard goodbye? I thought it was very classy. Um, But, uh, you know, he did what he had to do and... uh, He's on his way to the LA Galaxy now. Um, did the losses at the end of the season FA Cup blowout tarnish it? Well, no. But thanks for putting it as a blowout. Will he do well in the Galaxy? Yes, I think he will. Or will the Elephant's Graveyard that is MLS kill his spirit? <laughs> um, I think he'll be fine. He's going to make a lot of money.
2: Elephant's Graveyard. I like that.
0: Feel free to dish on my Twitter handle at Brett. could do with some followers. All the best to you, Frank, Mr. Cheel and Sean on the other pods. Thanks, James.
2: Thank you. Go Liverpool.
0: Let's see. They've uh, played once. Got to win so far.
2: They play cup games yet?
0: Uh, no, their second game might have been this weekend. Yeah. Got a question from Matt in, uh, Toronto. Uh, this is one that I probably should have done some research over. Um, But uh, you basically asked, what's the deal with the DH? Why do they still have it? Is it still necessary?
2: Well, I'm assuming the deal is offense is what people want to see or the the casual fan wants to see. So anything they can do to get more offense uh, is going to make them more money.
0: And I think um, they would face a lot of backlash from the Players Association if they got rid of the DH because that would be one player who loses job
2: yeah but is it, it it's one of the best things and worst things about baseball yes. that one league has the dh and one doesn't I it, like it's, it's so cool that when you get to the world series you change the rules up a bit and
0: which it was fine until they introduced interleague play because that kind of you know yeah but it's watered still, it down quite a bit
2: i think it's cool but i also if i i can look at it another way and say it's complete bullshit that yes, I mean, how could a sport not have unified rules? I mean, with the DH
0: and when they meet, like it totally benefits the National League mm-hmm. because when they're playing the American League park, they get to throw out another hitter, and when they're playing at home, the American League pitcher who never bats has to bat yeah. at ninth. So it's a huge advantage, Enormal. both ways for the National League. It's crazy that they still have it. Yeah,
2: it's ridiculous. I think they should just bring the designated hitter to the NL. Would be my just create another.
0: Uh, I mean that, that's there's many problems with that. Who? Um, I mean, it's, I would prefer they not have a DH. It's exciting.
2: I, I nobody wants to see pitchers hit. it's, no, it's yeah. interesting when a pitcher occasionally does something monumental, but other than that, in the NL, half of the time in late games it's picking when to pinch hit for a pitcher Well, that,
0: i think but that's all part of the strategy of it baseball. is too
2: but i mean i don't know and especially with it is weird how pitchers are so com- compartmentalized in baseball I, I like both i honestly i could make a case for both sure
0: yeah absolutely i, I could you know i, I see good it, and bad for both absolutely it's probably why it's still there yeah
2: it's yeah. a weird tradition yes but it's a, a relatively new tradition i guess
0: and uh oh I like these wrestling questions. Uh Sean from Hamilton said that uh The Undertaker is fighting Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam next Sunday. Uh will it be his last match win or lose? Do you have an answer? No, it won't. I don't think it'll be his last <laughs> match either.
2: Undertaker might need some money in the near future. Why is that? I don't know, why not? These guys need money.
0: Well, he's he's Probably uh, made the most money out of all these guys uh, over the oh yeah Hmm. he's made a fortune. I mean he wrestles once a year normally.
2: I he probably doesn't get as much as you think.
0: I think he gets quite enough. All the all those top guys make uh, a pretty penny. Okay. What do you think? Because I mean, because they also get uh, money um,
2: on their DVDs on their merch. So, you're saying no as well. It won't be- I'm
0: saying, uh, no, it won't be his last match. Um, I think they're going to turn it into a trilogy, and he's capping
2: gonna- it at WrestleMania, where again,
0: he's going to fight Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and that's where he's going to get his win back. So,
2: he- was he finally defeated at WrestleMania yeah. at some point? Okay, like
0: la- not last year, but the year before. Okay, it was a big deal, but uh, uh, What I think is going to happen is that uh, something nefarious is going to happen in this match. There's not going to be a winner.
2: Is Paul Bearer still alive? No, he's dead. God, why is everyone
0: dead? And then uh, I think the Undertaker is going to win the Royal Rumble. And he's going to challenge Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, who is going to be the champion at the time. And he's going to get his win back. And he's going to retire with the belt.
2: Is Brother Love still alive?
0: Yes. Yes,
2: bring Brother Love back.
0: Anyway, that's what I think. So that's uh, sec that's time. Nice. If you want to uh, send us an email, gmail.com. You can uh, tweet us at balljunkpodcast, at dirty frank, three hours and dirty, at the gas man lives. That almost wraps up episode 17 of the pod. Mm-hmm. We have the gas pedal left. Give it to me. Are you excited about it? Don't hurt me. I won't. Ready? Milwaukee Brewers minor leaguer David Denson has become the first openly gay player on a team affiliated with Major League Baseball. Have we gotten to the point where it's not news and people can just accept everyone? Uh,
2: I still think it's news.
0: Yeah. Japan won the 48th annual World Custard Pie Throwing Championship. Should we be the backbone of Canada's team next year?
2: (laughs) Sure. Let's do it. Team Canada.
0: Toronto Blue Jays. Can they do it? No. Do you want them to? No. (laughs) Jameis Winston produced mixed results at uh, best in his first NFL action for Tampa Bay. Will he be decent this year, or will he be another first-year Johnny
2: Manziel? I don't think to the level of Johnny Manziel, but he will not be good. Will they win some games with him? Mm, Let's say four.
0: Ichiro Suzuki singled in the first inning for his 4,192nd career hit in the Majors and Japan together, passing Ty Cobb's total that now ranks second in history. Ichiro is 41. He got his 2,914th Major League hit with Miami against the Cardinals on Saturday night. Will he get to 3,000? I'm confused. He's got 86 more Major League hits. He's got over 4,000 total in his baseball career. Okay, so career. this
2: is just MLB
0: Just hits. MLB. He's got twenty twenty nine fourteen. He's 41. Probably not going to do it this season. Will he be back, and will he get to 3,000?
2: I'll say yes. Mr. 3,000. It, it, <laughs> they can recreate the magic of Mr. 3,000 in reality. Why wouldn't they? And you and know what? Tying back to the Brewers from the go. first one. Get him on the Brewers to do it. I, you know what? I bet they do do that. Do do? Do do. I bet they do. I bet they bring him back and have a Mr. 3000 night. Or a, this is going to be amazing. I got to move to Milwaukee. All right. You go.
0: And finally, New Zealander Nigel Richards just won the French language Scrabble World Championship. And he doesn't speak French. What language could you dominate in in Scrabble?
2: Croatian.
0: Do you speak Croatian?
2: No, but it's. I feel it. It's my mother tongue. Though it's like sublim. It's subliminally in there, and they they have terrible spellings for everything. You could do Z's and U's, and oh, it's crazy. (laughs) It's a down end to the gas pedal. (laughs) I'll cut it out. Thanks
0: for listening that's the show ball junk episode 17 download us and subscribe to us on iTunes or you can listen to us straight off the film junk site I'm the gas man that's Frankie Knuckles thanks for listening we'll see you next time for our NFL preview
1: Balls. Cleveland city of light city of magic Cleveland city of light you're calling me Even, even now I can remember Cause the cat the whole river go smoking through my dreams Burn on, big river Burn on Burn on, big river Burn on Now the Lord can make you tumble The Lord can make you turn The Lord can make you overflow but The Lord can make you burn Burn on, big river Burn on Burn on big rhythm burn on